1: Everybody and welcome to show of yours. This is episode 543. I'm your host, Jim Alongside with me, he brings the awesome. It's I Yield to No One.
2: From 0 2 to 2 and 2, my team's back in it.
1: All right. Uh, from across the pond, the man who's confused on how to write dates correctly and confuses what <laughs> football and soccer is, it's Mr. Rick. How are you, sir?
3: I'm um, good, thanks, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and. As a pleasure, as always, we love having him on the show because he uh, confuses us and also makes us entertained and is very uh, intelligent. It's Mr. Jeff Hanna. How are you, sir? I'm good.
4: And Purdue University uh, really kicked the butt of Minnesota yesterday. My team's never been out of it. It's They've just been in it constantly this year. So pick better teams. Well, I don't watch college football, so I could care less. Right.
2: I, I was talking about pro football. My my college team is is in it.
4: Okay. All right. So that's why you watch college ball and not pro ball, because pro ball is just money and advertising. You are right there. Well, college football is really close to it now. Oh, I know. My team's in the Big Ten, which now has 14 teams in it because they added two from California for a well, Midwest so conference. My, my my team's in the Big Ten as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, all yeah. that money.
1: Yeah. Is it really Big Ten if it has more than 10 teams? Well it, it, well, it
4: got they got to 11 when I was in college, and then they got to like 12. It's all because of the Big Ten network. There's so much money there, and it's probably one of the best college sports networks available. That now uh, Rutgers and Maryland joined a couple of years ago, and now I think it's UCLA. U- it's U- UCLV.
2: Well, we got USC and Cal. That's right. Cal, yeah, I think we got those two. They're trying to get Stanford and I think UCLA.
4: Yeah.
2: And they're basically trying to, because they signed, they just got the Big Ten, did, got a, I think it was a $7 billion TV deal. Yeah. For Fox, CBS, ABC, and NBC. And that was after they nabbed USC and, and, uh, uh, UC, no. yeah, UCLA yeah. or Cal, one of those two, because now now they got the West Coast and the East Coast markets, and it's just, it's it's, it's about the money. <laughs> exactly,
4: they're gonna decimate the Pac-10 and the ACC because those teams are gonna go where the money is, for sure.
1: All right. So now that you guys all spoke uh, foreign language, I have no idea what the hell no, you're No, saying. no we're, just,
4: we're talking about EA's sports release for 2023. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So uh first I want to welcome everybody watching us on the Twitch chat right now. We got Matt G, we got uh Dupe's in the chat, and we have nine twenty-one. Uh all in the chat. And Rick's in the chat too. So Matt I mean. G.
2: Oh wow, on the show. He's He's live well, yeah, chatting. Whenever you start Bob talking
3: American football, I can just go into the chat and talk to uh, everyone else. About yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> I, did,
4: I tried to join
3: the Twitch TV
4: thing last time we did this, and then it started playing a commercial, and everybody heard the commercial, so I logged out. So I don't know if I can join the chat without it. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, if you were a sub, you wouldn't watch
4: ads. Oh, look. Let's not even...
1: I, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if you were a sub, you, you wouldn't make, have to watch ads. You make money off of my
4: knowledge. You should just give me a sub. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know what? You know he's it, got a point. You know what? If you if you mute the Twitch chat and you come in there, I will I will gift you a sub. Uh, Maybe later. Matt G says Rick is a super guest, engaged to talk on both vocal and type fronts. All right, so before we actually start the show proper, uh, I. It's good that Jeff's here because last week I kind of stumbled over exactly what a source code was inside uh, when we were talking about the GTA 6 leaks. Uh, and Jeff, I know you were on the show before and just happened to be on the same week that something else got hacked and the source code was being held ransom. Could you, in the simplest ways possible, explain to us what exactly a source code is? and if it is being held ransom how damaging that can be to the developer
4: okay it's not a source code it's the source code um i sent you a picture in chat of some python python's a programming language some python code i wrote it's uh it's john travolta sitting in a bunch of screens in the movie swordfish it's when you see somebody writing you know For those of us that were children in the 80s, we would all go into the computer store and write 10, screw you, 20, go to 10 on our Commodore 64 demo displays, hit run, and then exit out the store. So it just printed that constantly on the TV. And then the people running the store wouldn't know how to turn it off. That's source code. Um, There's different programming languages. There's BASIC, there's C, there's C++, there's C Sharp, there's Python, there's JavaScript. There's a whole bunch of them. And you write programs essentially in... Uh, it's, they're as close to English language as as we make them. You know, if this, then do that. Or, or, you know, for one in 20, do these things, which means for 20 times, do whatever this thing is I'm going to see. So the source code for a game is highly specialized because it defines what that game is. Um, people who use Unreal Engine most big publishers get a source code license to Unreal Engine so that they can actually modify Unreal Engine to better fit their game. Other, other companies don't necessarily do that because they don't need to tune it. Uh, all day, every day at NVIDIA, I'm writing code for one of the Omniverse apps, uh, Omniverse View. And so I write Python and then I tell the program to run it and it takes all of those commands I wrote and it makes things happen on screen. So if so, I don't, I can't believe some, this teenager who's already been arrested is holding the GTA six source code hostage. He may have a copy of it, and he may be threatening to release that copy so other people can see how GTA is written, um, which would give bad actors a chance to write hacks and other things. But it's not like Rockstar is sitting around twiddling their thumbs because they no longer have the ability to make. A running version of GTA Six because this will all be on backup servers. It'll be in source control systems. It'll be on on-site and off-site backups. All this—he's th- not holding anything ransom. He's threatening to let people read the book that, when you read it, when the computer reads it, it makes GTA Six.
1: Okay, so I mean, just so <laughs> I can understand this, and maybe I can uh, just you know simplify this for anybody else. He's not really holding back the development by holding this code I back. I can't imagine. So, I mean, is, is is there any reason, if this was sent out to the public, if, you know, if Rockstar decided I'm not going to pay the ransom, whatever it was, and he actually does release it, how damaging can this get for Rockstar and GTA 6?
4: It, it can be potentially very damaging. Um... Because they're not going to scrap it and start over. And so then they're facing some level of people can read through this and figure out ways to do hacks for GTA 6. And now if they're going to do a new GTA Online and there's GTA Online code in here, then that's going to be very detrimental because you don't want – if somebody hacks your single-player game and they write – some ability to insert their own cars or give themselves infinite money or whatever. Big deal. But you don't want people screwing with your online game because that makes your players run away. Um, It doesn't mean that somebody's going to be able to take this and sit down at home and hit a couple of buttons on their computer and end up with a running version of GTA six for free. Absolutely not because it probably doesn't. Well, one, we've seen the videos. They don't have final art assets, which means this code doesn't, support them, which means it's not, they're not in there, which this code's going to be full of bugs. It's probably not optimized. It probably isn't even close to finished. We don't know how many missions are in there. We don't know how far the storyline is. So other than giving some people the ability to study and they don't, Rockstar uses their own 3D engine. So it would be give some people the ability to study their 3d engine and maybe study how to get some things to happen in GTA six when they get the release copy. But it's, it's not like someone in China is going to go over and instantly have GTA six made and start distributing it. Right. It's just not going to happen that way.
1: All right. And one follow, one follow up question before I let uh, either Rick or Yield ask questions. Wouldn't when GTA six eventually does release on the PC, can't you just go into those files and get the source code from there, and then start making the leaks? Then
4: no, no, because these things go through a most languages go through a compiler. So the chip in your PS5 doesn't speak English, so it's it wouldn't want to. It wouldn't know what to do with this. So you, we write these lang- we write these programs in languages that we can kind of understand. And I, I posted a little bit of source code from a programming challenge I did. You know, it, it says things like like. name this variable foo and then add five to it. So now variable foo, you know, I know foo has a value of five, and then I can say add one to it or take one away from it. Um, Python runs interpreted. So it pretty much does just read what we look at. Games are written in a compiled language. So you write them like this, but then you run them through a program that converts all of that to literally ones and zeros. And that's how the CPU in your PS5 or your PC or your Xbox or your Switch or anything will actually see them. It takes human code, human readable code and turns it into what's called machine language, what, what the CPU actually does. Because at the end of the day, CPUs just, they either add or subtract ones and zeros. Literally, that's all they do. When you ask in a programming language for a CPU to multiply three times five, It doesn't multiply three times five. It actually will add three, five times. It just, it does it so blazingly fast that it's, to us it looks like maybe it multiplied it, but it literally all they can do is add and subtract and a few other things. They just do it so fast that it doesn't register to us on human scale. But the the compiled machine language code, some people can, some really, really qualified people can disassemble that and look at it and maybe figure out things to do. Uh, but for the most part, no. An average person isn't going to be able to look at the the disk of GTA Six and see the source code. It's not going to be there. All right. Rick or Yield, I, do you will any
3: I don't. I feel bad that I haven't now. <laughs> <laughs> because I've known I've been on with Jeff for ages. I should have thought the question. <laughs> but I'm just happy to be on here with someone that knows what we're talking about.
1: Alright, Yield? No, no, it's
2: it's good to know because we were thinking that he, you know had, I mean he's got something of of value but not in the sense that it's going to crash the game he's just got the ability to or it sounds like he's got the ability to just people
4: can dork with the game so I it may be so long ago that a lot of people either weren't around uh, in the gaming community for it or they just have forgotten, but the source code to Half-Life 2 leaked before Half-Life 2 shipped, and it was detrimental, um, but it didn't stop Valve from shipping Half-Life 2.
1: Yeah, Matt G said in the chat, source code leaked from Half-Life 2 caused massive delays.
4: It caused some delays. It definitely got the FBI involved. Um, And I believe Rick wasn't, isn't the GTA hacker was in London, right?
3: Apparently, yeah. Some like 17 year old kid.
4: Yeah. I think he's from the same group that hacked. uh, uh, He got some big, that group got some big targets earlier in the year. And so they already have it, they've already got a lot of interest from uh, authorities. So they're kind of just thumbing their nose at everybody, but it's going to, I think their downfall is going to accelerate as more and more of them get caught.
1: All right. All right, so let's move on with the show proper as we do uh, first of the show. We do our trophy list. I am level 684, total trophies of 16,823 with 373 platinums. Alex is level 463 with total trophies of 8,133 with 129 plats and 128 games. Yield? 481
2: is my level with a trophy count of 8820 and a platinum count of 158. I got two shiny new platinums this week.
1: All right, we'll get that. We'll get to that when what we're playing. Sid is level seven hundred and forty-five with eighteen thousand eighty trophies, with five hundred and thirty-seven platinums. Jeff, we know you don't have PlayStation trophies, so why don't you tell us your gamer score, sir?
4: Oh, uh, looks like you got it posted up on screen there, and somebody like has modified my avatar shirt. Uh, but I, I'm a, I'm right around. I'm just shy of fifty thousand gamer score. But I actually haven't been playing a lot of games on the Xbox recently.
1: All right, and Rick, what is your trophy count, sir?
3: I'm um, level two seven three with one thousand five hundred forty three and twenty nine plus. All right,
1: and Jeff, uh, I see you adjusted your your trophies to a negative one, but we actually uh, we we gave you a reprieve. We just knocked you back to zero.
4: Yeah, I think that's long enough ago that it's. I haven't sullied myself by adjusting that count myself. And I told you I watched the uh, the Nathan Drake movie, right?
1: Uh, no, actually, you didn't. But what, what did you think of the Uncharted movie?
4: Uh, I, I want my trophy back.
1: you didn't like it no i i thought that um uh why am i blanking on his name now
4: well i mean it was okay it certainly was a fine popcorn flick like if it had been in the free lineup on a flight i wouldn't complain but it was very by the numbers It, it suffered in the writing like they just pulled out every sort of Maya adventure map quest sort of trope that they could get from Hollywood and just jammed it all together.
1: Well, to be fair, okay, Tom Holland was pretty good. I still think Mark Wahlberg was a bad casting for Sully. Yes. And a lot of the tropes that you're talking about come directly from the game.
4: Yes, the the game itself is is 100% full of them, yes. Yes. Have you so. seen the video of... Uh, the AI generated review for Last uh, uh, Last of Us. No, and, uh, they re- they let an AI write the review for it, and then like they they voice recorded it. Um, okay, what the AI wrote in part one of it it says is Joel is very old and slow and cannot move fast, a lot like Nathan Drake, which is another game with a lot of murder.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <You're> not wrong.
4: <laughs> Brilliant. <sighs> if, I can, all right. if I can find the link. I'll post it in the twitch chat. Um, oh please do. uh
1: fun fact uh when we talk about the last of us, somebody uh was able to look at the last of us because now that it's in uh 4k and all that stuff uh for anybody that's played on uh, the last of us, you know that like in the very beginning of the game, you walk to a checkpoint and then you have to sh- Joel shows his ID to the guard. Through photo mode, they were actually able to look at the, uh, the actual ID and see his birth date and see what year he was born. Um, and it turns out he was actually he's actually the same age as me. Same birthday, same year. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, and the fact that his last name is Miller, which also matches mine, it's like they wrote the last one just for me. Are you
4: old and slow? Yes.
1: yes! I'm very I... old and slow. Very old and slow. <coughs> All right, so yield. Why don't you kick us off? Tell us what two platinums you got. <laughs> Shut up, chaos. I see you in the chat. Uh, <sighs> yield. Tell us what uh two platinums you got and what you've been playing, sir. So
2: I've been playing uh, some Z- zom some zombie army four or yeah zombie army four dead war. I have been playing some Raymond Legends, some World of Warship Legends, uh, Deep Rock Galactic, uh, Lego City Undercover, which was platinum number one. And Maneater, which is platinum number two. And I've also been playing some Farm Simulator 19. I think that's all the games I've been playing this week.
1: All right, Jeff, I just had t- told you to, uh, the, Skype, uh, the Twitch chat, but it linked it out. So. Oh, okay.
4: Sure, I did
1: it. Yeah, because you're not an admin or anything. Okay. Rick, what have you been playing, sir?
4: I have been playing uh, Sea of Thieves. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I still haven't oh, finished that. Oh. How is that? It's, it's actually really good. Yeah? Um, yeah. I thought it would be more fantasy-based weaponry, but it's not. It's, it's just Borderlands with a veneer of a D&D game. They, they took the, the DLC from Borderlands 2, which was outstanding, <clears throat> and made it its own game. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, and she is, in fact, the dungeon master, so there's an overworld, and she can mess with things real, quote, real, game real time. Um, that, I played Cult uh, of the Lamb, straight through, loved every minute of it, uh, playing Moonlighter, which is a couple of years old now. It's a, rogue, it's a pixel art-based roguelike, where you go down in the dungeons, but then at night and then during the day you have to stock your store with all the loot you brought up and then price adjust determining on how the other denizens of the town react to the pricing that you've placed because they're buying supplies so they can go in the dungeons it's 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 kind of funny you're you're basically the shopkeeper from any rpg but the backstory is that you have to go get all the stuff in the dungeon yourself to sell it uh, and then I got uh, Return to Monkey Island and played that straight through and finished it. And uh, now that they have fixed the egregious release error and actually put Deathloop on the platform it should be on, uh, I just downloaded that on Game Pass, and I'm going to start playing that probably later tonight.
1: Do you, do you like coming on and just, like, digging out PlayStation?
4: That's why you have me on.
1: That I mean, that is true.
4: <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I am here to correct the wrongs that you spread around the world.
3: I, I always speak... I mean, to, uh, I'm not being funny, Tricky, but you have just had a, an episode where you, you and Daryl did Do the console wars still exist. And I've not listened to it all yet, but for the first half of it, it's just you and Daryl going, yeah, they exist, and basically PlayStation's winning, and this is why. Yeah, yeah I mean, see, it's, see it's,
2: I was... Okay, <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. Tricky? <laughs> so I haven't listened to the episode, but I was going to say... And, and I made the comment in, in the Facebook group. If, if you're going to do something like that, which th- that is actually a, uh, a good topic to have a Patreon on, or a yeah, Patreon episode, that way it's, it's a special episode, I really think you missed a prime opportunity to have Jeff or Ro on there, being that they are primarily Xbox people, and with you being primarily a Sony person, this would have been the perfect opportunity to have that debate. Instead, you had that debate with two pro Sony people.
1: Okay, yeah. but see, th- this is the difference between the your perception of the show and, and what the show was actually what. The show wasn't a, hey, Sony rocks, Microsoft sucks conversation.
3: It was... Well, it certainly sounded like it.
1: Okay, what it was is Yield, you, for better or worse, you, you basically yell and scream at me all the time, the console wars are dead, stop bringing it up, stop trying to stoke the fire.
2: I, I have That's... over the last few years. Now I can start to see them coming back with the uh, gobble up of all the de- development studios under one house of Microsoft or Sony.
1: Uh, D- uh, Daryl's in the chat says, Sony is the best. And Microsoft is so stinky.
4: Do you make him pay for super chats to say that stuff?
1: Uh, no, we're we're not on YouTube. We're on Twitch. Oh, Okay,
4: Well, Twitch doesn't have super chats.
1: No, Twitch does not have super
4: chats. Uh, I don't know these things. <laughs> uh. I guess I'm right, so, giving people money unnecessarily.
1: So, uh, Rick, uh, you you mentioned the show. Where 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 can people find that show?
3: Uh, on Patreon, but you have, you have to pay.
1: <laughs> you have to pay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but you you were yeah, I think you were trying to charge people too much, but now you you seem to have dropped it down to a dollar. So for just a dollar, you can listen to all the bonus content, which at the minute is two shows.
1: And and you can find that at patreon dot com backslash proven gamer. Uh yeah, so I did put out the dollar tier uh after uh uh putting it in a poll on the Facebook chat. So Alright, so I don't know where we're at. Uh, uh I was talking about uh, how, how Deathloop is on the
4: proper console.
1: Yeah, uh we had Ro on the show last week and uh uh she she Ro was actually uh one of the main lead reasons why Deathloop made it back onto the uh Microsoft. So we can thank her for that. So thank you, Ro. Um Daryl says you can either pay for the Patreon or you can send me nudes. Please do not send me nudes. Please do not send me nudes. All right. All right. Uh, And I've been playing The Division. um, And I got to give, I know it's not the end of the show, but I got to give a shout out to Nitro, who uh, helped me understand what I was doing wrong inside of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So now I'm back to playing that. Uh, And I'm a little, I I don't know if if the count on the PlayStation is actually right, because it says I'm 60% done. With the story already, and I've only done two towns, so I don't think that's pretty accurate. So, it might be doing something else. Uh, Matt G says, send tricky nudes. No, do not send me nudes. Uh, Jeff, Daryl says, all the Xbox fans are actually excited that they actually have a game to play. So, he's talking about Deathloop. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I saw the look and I heard the typing. I heard the We're going to move on.
2: It's on like Donkey Kong.
4: Oh, We're going to move on. Uh, here. No. All
2: right.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God.
2: Look at what you started, right. Tricky. Oh, I, I, oh, I didn't oh. start
4: it. Daryl started oh, it. Oh, wait. I can't post the link in the Twitch chat. Um, <laughs> uh, you could say. Google. You
1: Uh, can send it in the Skype chat and I'll relay it.
3: All right, our first topic of the the show... Do you not want to know what I've been playing?
1: As is customary on the first time, you can hear him typing. As is customary the first episode of the new month, we talk about the PlayStation Plus games. Dude, do you not want to know what I've been playing? Oh, I didn't ask you. I'm sorry, Rick.
2: No, you just totally skipped Rick.
1: Screw me, yeah? Uh, You know what? I'm I'm so (laughs) flustered right now. Rick, I'm sorry. Rick, what have you been playing, sir?
3: It's all good. Uh, So I'll just go through September because I've been playing quite a bit. Uh, I'm in this thing called the Trophy Hunters League on uh, PlayStation Profiles where, like, fixtures are four days and then there's a break and then it's another four days. And there's ten fixtures, like, one after another. So I've been playing a bit of spam, but not not like your kind of spam, tricky, because it has to be six hours long at least. Um, so I've been playing Minecraft for that Conan Exiles Chess Ultra um, um, Vostok Inc Vostok Inc's quite good it's like a twin stick shooter space shooter type thing with elements of um, you played Adventure Capitalist don't be tricky
1: I'm sorry I just I had to walk away for a second so I missed half of what you just said Oh, <laughs> I know is uh Matthew says you're firing shots and I missed every one of them
3: uh. oh, just fuck me <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry, I thought I could suddenly go away while you were talking about what you played. And then,
3: when you finally speak to me, just fucking walk out. No, I'm it's sorry. Right.
1: Yeah, so what have you been doing? I'm just gonna go over here. and You just keep
4: talking. I'm gonna run around the corner, and get more cigs.
3: Ah. <laughs> oh. So, uh, v- uh, Vostok Inc. was saying it's like a twin stick space shooter, but it's got elements of um, Adventure Capitalist. You played that, haven't you? Yeah. So it's like that, but there's no microtransactions, so you actually have to do it. which So it, it does like overstay its welcome a bit, really, because uh, it's built for microtransactions, but it doesn't have any. Um, I've also been playing uh, Dead Space 2. I played that at the start of the month, which was uh, fun. I'm going to do the German version as well before the new one comes out. Uh, Fallout 4, I've got to plot in that this month. And I'm still working on Slay the Spire, which I've been working on since, I think, April. Uh, just getting through the Ascension runs now, which Ascension 16 of 20. So, four left to do, five left to do. Mm, that's about it. That's it. Uh, and Stardew Valley started that as well. I've been playing some co-op on it. that with my lad. It is, it's amazing that it's like one guy made it, didn't he? He did. I and- can't believe the, the scale of it and the, the, the de- how much depth it's got.
4: Oh, and there's... Mm-hmm. There's the depth that you can see, and then there are the things that you uncover while playing the game. Like if you stand by this particular tree at this time of night on this day, then this portal opens sort of thing. Like there's a lot of deep stuff in that game. Uh, He's working on a – he said now it is probably going to be the same world, so it's sort of in the same universe. He's working on another game in the exact same art style, same idea, called The Haunted Chocolatier which looks amazing, and I can't wait for it to get released.
1: Do we have an idea of a release date?
4: No. No, okay. we don't, and he won't. Just, I mean, it took, he did Stardew Valley. It, took, it was like a seven-year endeavor, so who knows?
1: I I wasn't trying to, like, break walls or anything. I just, I didn't know anything about the game, so I didn't know if there was a like, an announced release date for it. Yeah, I don't think
4: there is. Okay.
1: All right, so... Let's actually get into our first topic now that I didn't skip over Rick. I apologize, Rick. I, I was flustered. No, wasn't. No. I'm I'm just thinking of uh, Daryl trying to send me PP pictures. Um. All right. As is customary, the first topic of the first uh, show of the month, we talk about the PlayStation Plus games. Sony has revealed that the PlayStation Plus games for October are going to be Hot Wheels Unleashed. Injustice 2 and Super Hot. These were all announced on the PlayStation blog. All three titles will be available for download on PlayStation Plus subscribers from October 5th. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's going to they they're already out as of yesterday. Uh, you are going to get the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 uh, versions of Hot Wheels and Injustice. I was just on the PS4 and Super Hot. Uh, I thought Super Hot was a VR game. Am I? did
4: they
2: there there's two there's the console game and there's a vr game
4: yeah okay it started it started console and then he made the vr version later yeah
1: oh okay then i i i always thought that was a vr game all right so yeah and so that's a ps4 game as well uh chaos says these are whack yield what are your opinions of the games we're getting this month
2: uh well i'm glad more people are getting hot wheels i mean it, it i haven't i it's in my backlog and it, it looks like a really fun game. I know that they just did a Looney Tunes bundle. Which, I mean, Alex has been really hyped up on all the bundles that have come out. I was really excited for this Looney Tunes one that they announced. Because I'm a Looney Tunes guy. Um, Injustice, I could care less about. Because it's fighting games and I suck at them. I mean, it's cool that it's DC. But I suck at fighting games. And I've played Super Hot at my buddy's house. And it, it, I, I enjoyed what I played
1: of it. Super Hot is it first person?
2: Uh, if I remember right,
1: yes. Yes. So I'm not going to be able to play that. All right. Yes,
2: well, you, no, you know you yes, can you play will. it. It's just not in your wheelhouse.
4: Uh, is it because you get you get nauseous from all the motion? No, I,
1: I can't play first person games because I inevitably, like if I get into a gunfight and I'm trying to dodge, I'll fall off a cliff or fall off a building and kill myself because I can't see my character and its location. So
2: and he he can't he can't place himself with that character yeah, I, like he doesn't have his peripheral vision so he loses his sense of where he's at. I
4: would be interested to see well to at least hear how you would take to super hot because it it doesn't happen in real time. I
1: could you explain that because I don't know what you mean by it doesn't happen in real time.
4: Okay, real time is I'm moving the stick and I'm running around the level and people are hopping out of monster closets and I have to like target them and I have to shoot them and everything is going on really fast. Okay. Super hot is it's more it's it's turn-based is a rough approximation um but you you're not reacting in real time. You're reacting in delayed time. Which is kind of the the it's it's the whole unique selling point of the product is the yeah, way you, you interact you, with
2: it you see the enemies coming
1: all right Matt G says in in the chat time only moves when you do right so if i'm not right. moving around the enemies nothing's, nothing's moving around right.
4: all right so so you can you can stop and get a really good idea of the picture and understand what your next few seconds of motion are going to be
1: all right so then mm-hmm. I'll i'll give it a shot uh, even though Daryl says I suck at games, uh, first person shooters aside, and he also says Injustice is incredible. Yield, uh, I would say, I-, I know you suck at uh, fighting games, but I, do. I-, I think you would actually enjoy the story mode of that. Obviously, you have to do some, you know, fighting in the in the story, but I think,
2: well, but I think
1: you you could actually enjoy that as long as you're not trying to do like an arcade mode or something like that. So, I, if I was you, I would give it a shot, because the story of Injustice and Injustice 2 is actually pretty good. Oh, okay. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I could pick it up.
1: I mean, it, would, it doesn't hurt to put it in your backlog. No, it doesn't. All right. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about these games? Uh, I know you still spoke of Hot, but what about Injustice and uh, Hot Wheels? Uh,
4: I like Hot Wheels. Uh, Injustice, I didn't really take to. Um... I also i there were some submissions to a conference that I helped organize about the game, and it came across like they thought it was a lot more than it actually was. So I I was I didn't take to it. I'll just leave it at that.
3: All right, and Rick, Uh, I'm looking forward to Hot Wheels, Um, a little like that as well. I'm a bit worried that. They're gonna keep releasing DLC for it and adding trophies to it, though. Because I thought there's uh, three packs at the minute with trophies. Um, I don't really want to put it on if it's if I'm gonna to have to keep buying packs to you know get the completion percentage up. Super I own on both PS4 and on the VR, and I've just never played it, so I might have to give it a shot. And yeah, I like Yield. I don't really like fighting games, so I'm not bothered about injustice. Yeah.
1: Uh, I already own all. Or I already own all of these games. Actually, no. I actually I don't own Super Hot because I thought it was uh the VR game, uh even though I bought it and never played it. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna try out Super Hot now. Uh, but I already own the other two games, so I'm good to go.
4: We're talking about the Hot Wheels expansion to Forza Horizon Five on the Xbox, right?
1: I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm sorry.
4: Uh, I. We're talking about the. Hot Wheels DLC to Forza Horizon 5 on the Xbox, right?
1: No, we're not. Yes. We're not. No. No? No. We're not? No. Oh. No.
4: Okay, I might want to change my answer then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so Jeff just told me he's uh, Rick is echoing for him. Is he echoing for anybody else, including the chat? Because he's not oh, echoing for me.
3: Myself.
2: Oh, I hear it. You hear an echo? Every so often. Yes.
1: Okay. Hopefully that doesn't come across too bad in the edit. uh Daryl says he doesn't oh. hear it. all right, so Rick, uh the only thing I can suggest is uh possibly turn down the volume on your headset so your microphone's not yeah, picking it, it, picking that. us up.
3: Is that any better but uh,
1: i don't I don't hear it so. oh there you go. Is that better? That's better? Okay, yep. all right, so that's better. All right, <laughs>
4: that, that's better like an Xbox compared to a PlayStation 5. <laughs> Jeff, I
1: love and I hate you. I really do. All right, so I'm gonna let so, I'm, I'm gonna let Jeff start this off because I re- he's already made the comment in the Facebook chat. Uh, but you, yeah. I have some bad news for you. Skull and Bones has been delayed again.
4: Oh, I saw that. Right, and I am most upset about the fact that they're going to miss out on the highly lucrative final three months of Stadia. I was so looking forward to that. I, you know, I was too, and it, it caused a bit of a problem, but I think we're okay with it. Um, we, I I was just, two weekends ago, I was in Seattle planning a game developer conference 2023, and there were Skull and Bones talks. Uh, and our rule generally is, is that the game has to come out before the conference in which you want to speak. Um, but we're gonna we, we're we're in some discussions about that. This is like the fifth or sixth delay on that game. Fifth time,
2: according like to the article, it's the fifth.
4: Yeah, like I was saying on Facebook, you know what, you know what's been available since before that game was even announced, and is outrageously fun. It's sea of Thieves, like Sea of Thieves, has been around for a lot longer than I remember, and Skull and Bones' entire development fits inside of it with five delays, which is a little mind blowing. Um, I hope Ubisoft is making the right decision. Um, This game seems like it has a very troubled development, and Ubisoft has been kind of taking it negatively recently with the, we're going to do NFTs, oh no, we're not going to do NFTs, all of our games are going to be $70, blah, blah, blah. Um, It seems like they need a lot of positive press right now, and I don't know that Week shy of this game coming out, saying they're delaying it again, is the positive press they need.
2: Well, what, what got me was, I mean, they were really ramping up, uh, like, promoting it.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Whatever so, this delay is, it's it's very critical, because they had already well, started the push.
2: This, this is what I want to ask Jeff, because I'm glad he's on this week. So, the official statement reads as is, because it's not in the article. So it says, today we'd like to give you the, an update regarding our release date. Although Skull and Bones development is finished at this stage, the invaluable feedback received during our various technical tests and insider program convinced us we could use a bit of extra time to polish and balance the experience even further and ensure you will get the best experience we can offer.
3: Yeah.
2: And then the next says they push the release date to the 9th of March. So, Jeff, I wanted yes. to ask you, would, so it was supposed to come out the 1st of November, so we're, yes, we're November, four. December, we're like four months, four or five months pushback. Yes. Would you need that much to polish and balance a game? Okay. Realistically.
4: There's, there's some moving parts here that we need to talk about. Um, okay. The four months may not be as much time as they need. But the more, so there's a lot in that statement, and I am drawing conclusions from my experience. I do not have direct knowledge about Skull and Bones. But if you're going to release that game in four weeks, that means that you are already through certification or very close to being through certification. You were at the point of getting the digital stores set up. You were, if you were making physical copies, those were probably in process. Um, if, but if this is a multiplayer game, and they're, do, they're the wording of that to me very specifically is, we found something critical that is going to allow griefing that we have to fix before we ship. Um, it's it, it just, it's so sudden. And it, like you we just talked about a few minutes ago, it's so right at the time they're ramping up the promotion for it. Like you don't start your PR push until you're certain the game is at a point where you want it to be. Now, the four, the four months thing. You even if it takes a, a assume, it, I'm assuming it's not an art related thing, or even if it is, let's say it takes four weeks to fix it, so that means that you now you're releasing uh at the end of November. Uh, if you miss Black Friday, you, you don't even want to release, like you're, you're if you miss Black Friday, Christmas is a write off, and the game is going to be out there. And, um, yeah, Tricky, did you drop? No, I'm here. Okay, I'm getting weird Skype updates from you. Um, you don't want to you don't want to release in a window where you're going to get ignored because then the game is ju- the game is just not gonna you're not gonna try and then do your PR push for it later because people are going to be like that's been sitting on the store shelf for two months nobody wants it so you're going to skip Christmas which means you want to go to January and there's generally January February you don't want to release games because everyone is Riding high on everything they got at Christmas, at Hanukkah, at Kwanzaa. Like everyone's pretty loaded up on things. So not a lot of media purchases happened in those eight weeks, which takes us right up to March. And that's generally the first time you see games that missed the end of the previous year release window come out to market. And you, on top of all of that, you also have to factor in if they haven't gone through, even if they have gone through certification, and we've talked about certification before when I've been on the show, you don't just drop a game for a console. You have to schedule years ahead of time with Microsoft and Sony. They run the game through a whole battery of tests, and only when that game passes do they certify it as being available and from that point on the developers have no access to what they've done. Sony and Microsoft are the ones that pass the certified code off to the disk manufacturers, the digital stores, the whole distribution logistics chain. You're not going to get anything through cert now that hasn't already been scheduled to get through now until Black Friday. Like this window for certification is the most packed time on the calendar of anything and this is the like this is where you aim for 3 years ago when you say I'm going to make a game everybody wants to get through cert now because they want to be out by Black Friday so they can get all those sales before the holidays so they may not even be able to get through cert get to cert until February at this point And so, if you're in the the doldrums of January, February anyways, then you're calling up Sony and Microsoft and saying, hey, let's push the certification to the the last half of February. We'll aim for an early March release because that's when sales and everything start to pick up again.
1: All right. Well, I I just want to add another question to this um, because uh, when this came out, because we previously talked about how Skull and Bones was releasing so close to God of War Ragnarok.
4: Yeah, same one day, day I think right.
2: right. Was it was it yeah. one day? I think it was okay. same day or yeah, within a day. So
1: I I got this that part of this the reason why they pushed it all the way back to March. I mean, I mean your explanation explains a lot more, but I got the feeling like they pushed it back to March because they wanted to get as far away from Ragnarok as possible.
4: And that I mean, they, this the things that they're saying about user research and and testing and and wanting to polish that could also be. Cover for Get Away from Ragnarok because that window was awful. Um, but if it is, it, it's either that, which I mean, that's really the, Ragnarok's like the big title coming out this holiday season that I know of. Right. I don't. You're so, right. Right. So you, you do want to sort of get away from ground zero on that one. So that could also be another plausible explanation, other than we found a horrible bug that is going to allow people to grief, Or it could be a combination of both. Maybe they were looking extra hard for something so that they could, to Ubisoft, say, uh, no, we got a delay because of this. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. It could be any of that. It could be all of it combined.
1: All right. Uh, Rick, you have any comments about this?
3: No, I have, I have no interest in this game whatsoever.
1: Fair enough. All right, then we're going to move on. Just to recap, uh, the new release date, that uh, said, was going to be March 9th of next year. So if you are interested, that's when the game is coming out. <laughs> Uh, the next story that we have is coming from IGN. Uh, an unknown Silent Hill game has seemingly been raided in Korea uh, called The Short Message. It may be on its way according to a Korean rating. This is coming from Ryan Lesson over at IGN. The Game Rating and Administration Committee of Korea uh, has given a rating to the previously unannounced Silent Hill The Short Message Unfortunately, it's not known what this new game is or even what platform it will appear on. Some have speculated that the title could be uh, could allude to a playable teaser. Not unlike P.T., the last mainline Silent Hill release. I don't know. Was P.T. actually a mainline release? I don't know. To me, that was just a glorified announcement demo. Uh, so, Yield, I'll go to you first. Do you think this is a sign that Silent Hill is coming back?
2: I don't know. I mean, has a ratings board from Korea been a, a hotbed for leaks? I or or, or or should we just take it with a grain of salt? I,
1: I I mean I can't sit here and actively tell you the last time like a game rating from another country has has been proof that the game is coming because certainly there's been uh, ratings and we never saw the game there's been ratings where we actually did see the game I see so, the game so
2: i to, to me and 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 I, I i'm saying because it's coming out of korea we should take it with a grain of salt but since it has silent hill attached to it it's going to draw clicks so you're going to write about it i wouldn't be overly Maybe it's some, a blip you put on your radar that you keep an eye out for, but I'm not running to the hills screaming there's a Silent Hill game coming. All right, Rick? But that, but I, that's
1: just... I'm sorry,
3: Rick?
2: No, no, that's yeah, good.
3: Yeah, it'd be, oh, well, we'll wait and see. It'd be nice if Silent Hill finally gets resurrected and we get something new. Uh, I need to catch up on the series. I think I played one, two, and three, and nothing past that. I'll have to win again.
1: All right, Jeff, you have any interest in Silent Hill?
4: I have. I am. I'm in the same boat. Of I don't know that a ratings board entry in Korea is enough to make me think that there's another AAA release of Silent Hill coming out.
1: Okay, so let let me ask you this: um, <coughs> If something's popping up on a ratings board, it could that just be anybody? You know, submitting something, or does it have to be like officially coming from Konami to to actually hit their the board?
4: Well, it's either going to be from Konami or it's going to be from one of Konami's designated subcontractors who's writing the game. Uh, I don't know if Konami actually has offices and a business presence in Korea, or if they go through uh, a local publisher. Uh, It also doesn't really give us any indication as to how far along in development the game is other than it's being in development. You don't, unless, especially for like, I know the ESRB, because North America, you don't wait and submit the game to the ESRB when it's done. Uh, Usually it's when you have enough of the game that's representative and you can send them videos and they can see like what the language is, what the gameplay is gonna be like. You get it to them as soon as possible. And then they give you a rating you, ain't, you when you design the game, you know what the ratings boards are going for, and you you sort of pick like Saints Row has always been above teen, right? Because we, we Volition's goal has always been like this medium needs to be opened up for more people other than teenagers. So we're gonna do R rated essentially. So you aim for that, and you know what that means. And then you send it off to the ratings board when you have enough to show them, and they they say you know that yes, you hit it. That's the rating you're gonna get. Or they may come back and say, you're a little low, in which case you can add a few more vulgarities into the game. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, well, I'm speaking from experience. No, I'm, just, um, I'm just saying, I, I, I can't I, imagine more going, yeah.
1: oh, your game's not vulgar enough. You might want to oh, t- yeah, bring yeah. it up a little
4: bit. Oh, I don't go right out and say it like that, but you're like, oh, okay, I can, we can up. We can do a little more here. Um, a few
2: more F-bombs, yeah. a couple more.
4: So it could be that this game's maybe 25% in development. It's Korea. Um, the first thought that came to my mind was mobile game or or some sort of uh, MMO. Uh, those are the types of games that Korean developers tend to excel at. It's interesting that the first ratings board hit came from Korea and not Japan or the US or somewhere in Europe.
1: Now, I, I, I don't want to throw any shade or you know, throw any mud, but isn't Korea typically more strict with what is allowed? Like on TV and the radios and stuff like that, it's very controlled. What what kind of messages are, are played over the media?
4: I don't know what the, I don't know what that situation is like in South Korea. I haven't yeah, I really you're don't. In
3: North Korea, tricky.
1: <laughs> well, okay. To to be fair, and this may be a little ignorant, I'm basing this off the fact that I um. I recently watched the, the, uh, the West Wing, which is a fantastic show. Yes, yes. And there was an episode in which this piano player wanted to defect. And, you know, he always had to have a military guy with him to control what he said and what he did and all that other stuff. And it was also mentioned on the show that, like, certain messages couldn't be played over the radio. Like, only certain music was allowed and it had to yeah, be no government fear. approved before it hit the radio. I, that's yeah,
4: that's it, the, the piano player in that episode was from North Korea. OK. Yeah. Different Korea. OK. Yeah. South Korea is very democratic, very open, very, very westernized. North Korea is not. OK. But I don't think North Korea would have a game rating sport. All
1: right. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to our next topic. Uh PlayStation Plus on P is now supporting PlayStation 1 trophies. This is coming from uh, GameRant.com and is written by, oh, my God, Elion Barahana Garcia. Okay. Uh, PlayStation Plus is introduced in PlayStation 1 games with integrated trophy support to the PC version of PlayStation Plus. PlayStation games have been trickling into the PC space for a while now. By extension, it made perfect sense for the PlayStation Plus to extend its services to PC as well. These days, PlayStation Plus has many titles available for streaming and plenty of features for PC gamers. Players are even able to do, to use voice chat functions and PlayStation controllers f- for a full console experience on PC. Uh, it goes on to, you know, just explain what PlayStation Plus is and all this stuff. Uh, I'm a little confused by this because I thought that if you were playing PlayStation Plus, you were basically using the PlayStation ecosystem and trophies were already a part of that. Am I wrong? <laughs> okay. Nobody said anything. <laughs> uh,
4: well, PlayStation I, I, Plus on PC is uh, Gaikai, right? i It's games.
1: I'm not exactly sure it's, if it's Gaikai. I mean, I'm, I'm sure well, they use they that technology.
4: Yeah, it's streaming though. So you're. Um, uh, well, okay. It could, I'm theorizing here, it could be that you're not streaming from PlayStation 1 consoles. You're streaming from like AWS web inst- AWS server instances that are running emulators, in which case getting the achievements to work on the emulator across the streaming to the PC could be a bit of a technical hurdle. Because I don't think Sony's backing this by having a, a, a warehouse full of PlayStation One somewhere and some sort of weird network infrastructure to allocate one to a player when they want to play a game.
1: All right, because I because I know that like if you played, say, Returnal on PlayStation Plus on the PC, trophies popped. Right. So,
4: but that's a newer game.
1: Right, and well, the PlayStation One games associated with if you played on your PlayStation console, they already had trophies. So I just thought it was this, I thought it was this, I just assumed it would be the same thing that if I was using the PlayStation plus on the PC, the trophies would still pop. But apparently it's now supporting
4: it. Right. I would guess it's because what place, uh, PlayStation four and five are so close to being PCs. Anyways, that the emulation layer is probably pretty solid. The PlayStation one is nowhere close to being a piece of the PlayStation one's CPU is like a risk-based CPU that was used in a laser printer back in the days. Um, it's, it's very different in our, archi- like PlayStation one, two and three are very different in architecture from what we consider a computer with a CPU. I mean, they have CPUs, but they're not like Intel based. Um, so it's, it, it could just be a technical hurdle of being able to run that console emulated on like an x86 chip somewhere in a cloud instance and be able to understand what the achievement means and how to register it against that person's account i'm I'm guessing it's 100 percent a technical limitation
1: all right uh rick i don't know if you ever played plus on your pc or
3: would you no i haven't so can they play ps3 games on there as well yes What, what tier do they get
1: Every every game that's available on Plus, you can play on the PC version of PlayStation Plus.
3: Right, and they can pop trophies for PS3 games. Yes. So it's just... Right, so now you can just pop them on PS1 games as well.
1: Yeah, I, I, I always thought this was a thing, but apparently yeah. it wasn't, so that's why I'm reporting it. Yield, you don't have any interest in playing PlayStation Plus on the PC anyway.
2: Well, I don't. I, I play all my games on the console. All right. I, I'm not a computer gamer. I haven't upgraded to that status.
3: I, I think yet. my laptop's slightly more powerful than a PS1. Only slightly, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff.
1: Uh, yes, sir. You know, now that we're talking about this, maybe I... I, I, I Okay. I can use my DualShock uh, to play, like, Steam games and stuff like that. Nope. You? Um, but I cannot get my DualShock to work... With uh, any Ubisoft games through their program. Okay,
4: you want to use a controller where oh. the thumbsticks are designed ergonomically. Okay,
1: can you can you explain to me how I can get my DualShock to work with the Ubisoft games?
4: Yes, you go, you throw it in the bin, and then you go get one that has an X. On. You know
1: why did I even ask you?
4: <sighs> oh, or you go buy a new controller from Eight Bit dough. Um, but you just don't use anything that has Sony on the name.
1: All right, we're going to move on.
4: I don't know, because you know what? Guess what I don't own? You don't own a PC? I don't know. We're Skyping right now, so...
1: Well, I mean, you can do that on a Mac.
4: Right. No, I don't own a DualShock controller.
1: There's something wrong with you. There's something seriously wrong with you. DualShock is hands down the best controller on the market. No. Oh. Yes.
2: Du- the DualShock, yes, you're right. The DualSense is still up for debate. Oh, the
1: DualSense, too.
2: No, it's too early. Not enough developers. We have we had this conversation before. While it has the potential to be, not enough developers have taken advantage to all the specs that it could do. So to put it on that shelf, or that mantle, or that pedestal, that it is the greatest controller of all time, Is false. Okay. Because it hasn't been utilized correctly. It's like taking the Vita. While we all say the Vita is probably one of the most powerful handhelds ever made, it wasn't used properly. So therefore all of us can say it, but it was never really proven.
3: I think we all know the N sixty four was the best controller ever anyway.
2: Thank you. Wow. That man knows what he's talking about. Wow,
3: the look on Jeff's face was like priceless.
4: He's just like, yeah. (laughs) I love my N sixty four. Yeah. Although that, you know, see, w-
2: I, am, I have a group of people who agree with me.
4: <laughs> what I never understood was the people who thought you always held it on the outer two wings. No. And no, they, no, they, they didn't understand cockeyed. that you could either like you, you pick two of the three, depending <laughs> on how you were playing the game. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I held the, the middle in my left and the, the yeah. right side in the right so I could hit the arrow buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah it was cockeyed.
4: Yeah. Oh, oh, now I'm going to go play some Wave Race 64. <laughs>
1: All right, let's get on to our next topic here. <clears throat> Coming from the PlayStation blog, PlayStation Stars launched it in Asia uh, last week. Good.
2: I'm glad I'm glad we're talking about this because I'm confused
4: about this thing. Okay.
1: Uh, is this like an
4: anime show?
1: No.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's kind of based on the PlayStation All-Stars game. Okay.
1: This is the PlayStation loyalty system. Uh, okay, mm. okay, before we actually get into this. Since, uh, I, you know, I don't want to jump around topics here. Uh, Matt G in the, in the chat says, have any of you tried playing N64 games on the Switch? He says
4: it's horrible. No, but I do play them through Retro Arch, and it works very well.
2: I, I don't own a Switch yet, so I, I, I can't agree or disagree
4: with you. They did. They've made a lot of improvements. The first pass at emulation on the Switch was not great. And a lot of the people that have been working on the emulation, like the N sixty four core for RetroArch, were calling them out on some things. Um, and so I don't like. I know that uh, Ocarina of Time just got panned because like the fog was wrong and various other things. I do believe Nintendo has been updating them and improving it. But just just like was said there in the chat, like yeah, everyone, most people aren't running them on the Switch. They're running their N sixty four games through RetroArch.
1: And Maggie also says he's got that <coughs> covered on his Steam deck. Yep. So. Uh, okay, and Rick, uh, I don't know if you even own a Switch. Have you played any 64 games on there?
3: Uh, no, okay. I don't own a Switch. Well, my, my lad owns a Switch, but I've never played it.
1: Um, yeah, and I own a Switch, but I haven't turned it on in like a, probably a year.
4: I played Return to Monkey Island on it, and I thought it was a wonderful Switch experience because you could use the controllers... Or you could use the touchscreen, and they actually had really nice hit targets. Uh, it was a very modern way to play a point and click adventure game. And I thought really? they, they, See, na- they nailed the, the control scheme. It was super comfortable.
2: I, I haven't overly been following this. Do you know, Jeff, is there any inclination that they're going to bring this over to Xbox and Sony, or was this just a Switch thing?
4: Uh, no, it was Switch and PC. Uh, okay. I wouldn't doubt. Did. Um, did Thimbleweed Park make it to the consoles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I would expect that Terrible Toybox will do this for the consoles also. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I it's it's Mon- Terrible Mon- Toy I Box Mon- and Devolver Digital, so they've got the they've got both the developer and the publisher weight behind doing console releases on it. So I would expect that to happen.
2: Okay. So it's probably just a a, quote unquote console exclusive at the moment.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially. But it, they really made good use of the Switch. I was really wow. impressed. Well, that's good. I'm
2: glad to hear that. Because I saw it was going over there, and I thought, you know what? Good for Switch.
1: All right. getting back to the PlayStation blog. PlayStation Stars has launched in Asia on September 29th. It's coming to North and South America on October 5th, which is going to be tomorrow, if you're listening to this, on Wednesday. And it's coming to Europe, Australia, and New Zealand on October 13th, local time. Uh, uh, Do you need... uh, What do you need to join PlayStation Stars and is PlayStation Plus membership required? Uh, PlayStation Stars is free to join. You'll you'll only need an adult account for the PlayStation Network and accept the program's terms of service. Uh, You will earn certain benefits being a PlayStation Plus member, but it's not required. Uh, How can you access it? So,
2: so I was going to say, so do I have to sign up or am I already signed up? You have
1: to sign up for it.
2: Okay, you have to sign up for. Okay,
1: okay. that that's actually the next question. Uh, oh, is it? How next can you okay. access the PlayStation Stars? Uh, it's accessible through the PlayStation app, uh, PlayStation app on the iOS or Android. You can also join at playstation.com. Uh has the program work with PlayStation Stars? You're going to earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities. Our monthly check-in campaign simply requires that you play any game to receive a reward. Other campaigns will ask you to earn. Uh, certain trophies, or even be among the first players to platinum a blockbuster title in the country or region. One of the first campaigns is called Hit Play slash 1994, where players who correctly launch games that match song-based clues receive a special collectible. Uh, The campaigns are going to be updated regularly, so check the PlayStation app for new campaigns. And what kind of rewards can you earn? There are two types of rewards, loyalty points and digital collectibles. Points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PlayStation funds, exclusive uh, digital collectibles, and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in the stars automatically earn points for purchases made on the PlayStation Store. Digital collectibles are beautifully rendered digital representation of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from the games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's History of innovation. Uh, The collectibles will be able to earn regularly. Ultra rare collectibles to strive for. And something surprising to collect just for fun. Uh, The digital collectibles you earn and acquire can be arranged on a display case within the PlayStation app. You can also set a display case to be viewed by others if you choose. Uh, Simply by joining, you're going to receive the Stargazer Telescope. Uh, uh, You'll also have Punto uh, from Apiscape 2. Pocket Station, Turo and Kuro celebrating more. Uh, first electables. Uh, I'm just trying. How can you track and redeem the points? You can do that all through the PlayStation app. Uh, and there's more. There's more stuff. So go, go check out the the article. But the reason I'm talking about this is because of the other benefit you get for being a uh, join the loyalty program, which is causing controversy. Uh, this is coming from Ryan Dinsdale over IGN. PlayStation Star's loyalty program currently offers better customer service as a reward. Uh, As reported by VGC, those using the service after its launch in uh, Japan uh, have complained that those on the service's fourth tier get improved customer support. Users can move up the tiers by buying games from the PlayStation Store and earning trophies, effectively meaning those with more money will receive better support from Sony. Quote, when contacting PlayStation's customer support, you will be given priority in the chat order, end quote, as the reward list reads. And getting there requires users to buy four games from the PlayStation store and earn 128 rare trophies. Those who've done it, there those who've done so will therefore be able to speak with PlayStation's customer support ahead of those who spent less money, something that has users upset. It's not guaranteed that this is going to come to the North American, European, or other versions of the service, but Sony hasn't indicated anything that will differ between the regions. So, Yield, I'm going to start with you. Uh, And I'm going to probably agree with you right off the start. This is bullshit. They're getting better customer service.
2: Well, at first I thought, before I heard you go into the explanation, or why it's causing controversy, I kind of thought, well, that's kind of a cool you know, a, a, a cool little tidbit that they're doing. But after hearing what the controversy is about those who spend more money will get, you know, will jump ahead to those who don't, that's where I see the problem is. And that's where I agree with you, and I kind of call BS, is that it, 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 it shouldn't rank you because, you know, like you, We'll, not the three hundred bucks. We'll take you for example. You buy everything digitally, uh-huh. so then in essence, you will be way ahead of me because I buy most things physical. I just buy I buy my smaller games or some older games on the PlayStation PSN or I buy the DLC. Whereas you buy everything digital, so you would be ahead of me. But we're you know we could essence be buying the same thing. I'm just going physical to digital. That's where I disagree with the if you spend a boatload of money, you're gonna get treated better than somebody who's not. They're both a customer. They're both on your program, so you they should both be treated fairly. If you wanna be one of those where if you're that that's the perk of being in the program is that you you know, you jump to the ahead of the line. I There's still an argument there, but I can kind of see it because all you got to do is click on the website and sign up. You know, it's not like they're a paid membership, so yeah, it's kind of BS. Not kind of, it is BS.
3: All right, Rick. Yeah, it's just another in um, Sony's long line of stupid ideas, isn't it? That are going to get backlash and they're going to reverse the decision. Whatever happened with um, when they brought in the new PS Plus? You know, there was all the controversy there for how they were going to charge you. Yeah. They, right. they, 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 they like went back on that, didn't they? Like, you had 20 years saved up or something, didn't you? And you were going to have to pay all at once.
1: Well, if if they... It it, it never happened. Like, I'm still good for the yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. the rest so, of my time. So but it, it,
1: th- that, that was a point of concern. Like
3: Asia's become the market where they just test it, these things out, and then everyone goes, well, that's a stupid idea, isn't it? And then they they change their mind and go back to... What they were going to do before?
2: Jeff Jeff will get a kick out of this. Uh-oh. it. Oh, it sound it sounds like yeah. classic Sony. We take one step forward, and then we take five steps back.
4: I can't say anything negative about this because I would be a hypocrite. Okay, explain. Uh, I hey, just explain why you
2: would be a hypocrite. I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm curious.
4: I just took. I have two teenage daughters. I just took them and a friend of mine over to Cincinnati to Kings Island, which is an amusement park. Rick, uh, yesterday for their Halloween haunt, they on the weekends and on September end of September through October, they keep the park open till midnight on the weekends. They fill it with costume characters and smoke, and it's scary. And I dropped all the extra money to get us the fast pass badges so that we could get <clears> to the front of the line for all of the roller coasters.
2: Well, that that that's, that that's the thing down there. I have yep. heard about that. Yeah. I, so I mean
4: I, I, I can't talk negatively about it having just mm. done a version of it.
2: Well I, I you know, I, I i never thought about that, comparison. but that's a great
4: yeah. analogy. Yeah, great comparison. Yeah, I'm like but I
1: the difference between what Jeff did and what PlayStation is doing.
4: Is I, no? I got better customer service by paying more money. It's the yeah, same he, thing. Yeah,
2: he yeah yeah he did. He didn't have to. In essence, I forget what it is. It's like, well, like it is, what an it extra sixty bucks, a, a, a ticket or something, Jeff? Uh, oh, there's even
4: tiers of it now. But yeah, oh, it's, there's tiers of
2: it now. Okay, yeah, it's so what, it's essentially it is, double
4: the price of the ticket.
2: What it is tricky. Instead of waiting in line, let's you know because it's Halloween. Oh no no! no. I like
1: I know that. what a fast pass is because Disney's been doing it okay. for years. Uh, you know, same yeah, thing with Six right. Flags.
3: It's it's a little yeah. different though, isn't it? Because it's more like. Say you and another family have gone to this theme park and then two of you from different families have fallen over and broken your leg and the ambulance has come and one of you's gone, well, here's a hundred dollars, see me first, and they've seen you first. Could you only bring customer support if there's something wrong, aren't you?
4: Uh, well, see, I, I mean, that, that, that is valid, but I would also view an amusement park customer support is how quickly can you get me on the ride? And I paid for access, and that's what Sony's doing. They're, they're granted paying for customer support is that's it's different than I'm paying $80 for a collector edition and getting 15 extra pieces of DLC with my product, which may be more akin to what I was doing yesterday. But it is the world that capitalism has pushed everybody towards if you have the money for access, you pay for the access.
1: Uh, yeah, okay, I mean. I, I can't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Uh, but yield you brought up a point that I didn't even realize is the fact that you know it it basically alienates you as well because you've gone physical with your purchases. Where this this aspect of getting the better well, customer we'll, service really we only we'll benefits digital. somebody that's buying digitally. It does. I I didn't even think about that before I started this topic. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean. It, it is hypocritical uh but it this is just a bad practice in itself
2: it's it's one it's one of those things of like I want to scream foul like every inch of me wants to scream foul but at the same time I gotta sit back and go you know but I it it doesn't really feel that wrong and I and I I can't put a finger on
1: the it. the only thing I, I will say against Jeff's analogy is the fact that <clears throat> I didn't take you <laughs> that too.
4: I can tell you that that new Orion coaster they have is choice.
1: Uh, but the only thing I can say that to that is, it it what Jeff did. Everybody has access to this. Where in this, it's really only benefiting the people that have gone digitally. That's that's the only thing that I think is the difference between it.
4: You're right. The fact that they're treating you differently based on how you purchase your copy of the game is a differentiator, and that is th- that is an odd point in all of it.
1: And like I said, I didn't even realize that until Yield said it. I was like, "Oh, he's that's right. That's a different aspect to this." Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. it, it
2: is, and, and yeah, that's yeah, now, that mean,
4: that puts it in a different box than paying more for faster bandwidth. Or getting extra DLC for buying a collector's edition—that is very much. That's very much a push from Sony to cut out the retailers, which is an interesting move. Um, don't buy your game at Best Buy because you're not going to get the same level of customer support from us if you buy it from our digital store. Is uh, that's predatory? Yeah.
2: All right. uh some so, someone will sue somewhere down the road if it makes it over
1: here. I I, like well with what Rick said. I, you know, if this causes enough controversy out there, I could see them changing it before they launch it uh, next week.
2: Well, absolutely. So, or they just won't announce that yet, right? Kind of hold off. Uh,
1: The other thing that I'm curious about in because I I, you know I was talking about the PlayStation Stars loyalty program is, you know, they're they're talking about how you're going to get better customer service at the fourth tier. We don't have any information of what the tiers are and what the difference between the tiers are. Like, they didn't say that in the PlayStation blog.
2: No, they didn't even say anything about tiers, did they? No.
1: And, you know, not, you know, as I'm reading this, it's saying uh, the people on the fourth tier, which obviously means there's going to be at least fourth tier, four tiers, if not more.
2: Huh. So- and I, I just tried to go to PlayStation.com and sign up for it, and it just took me to the standard page. So I might not be able to sign up until the fifth. Okay
1: and uh this article coming from IGN also wants to say that uh the digital things that you're going to get the virtual collectibles they're definitely not nfts.
3: Oh, I couldn't so, be less interested about in these things. I really couldn't. I, why do I want a digital fucking statue? <laughs> What's the point? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested I mean, in like that the that way you points. can go
2: into the PlayStation app and align <laughs> them in your trophy case. Uh
4: Rich, it, it's because they with all the talk of the Metaverse, they're
1: bringing oh. back PlayStation Home. I,
4: so you yeah, can, you can that, have your oh, digital yeah. trophies in your fake space. Because that wasn't such a success. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, uh, at this time, we're going to throw it across the pond to Sid uh, for this week's Sophie's
0: Trophy. Hello again, my friends. Time for another Sophie's Trophies. Now, with it being October, I'm going to try and do sort of horror-themed games. Um, me and Mandy are doing the 31 horror movies for October. So I thought I would try and do the four horror movie... Uh, horror movie? Horror games for October. So, the first one we're going to do, guys, is a game called Carrion. Oh, nice. um, you play a alien, and your idea is to squelch and slime your way around a research facility and kill things Um, there's not much more to it than that guys you just go around killing everything you see and growing bigger and bigger and bigger Um, you're basically the thing on a rampage so the trophies for this one guys most of them are story related there are 22 and uh, they're not too difficult to get um you may get lost every now and then playing this game but it is quite an easy game to go through so the first one as always guys is the apex predator unlock all other trophies and then we have it's alive uh breach the bsl-4 research ward then we have machines can expire 2. breach the military junkyard Claustrophobia, breach the uranium mines. Intoxication, breach the hazardous land. No, the hazardous waste landfill. Then we have there's something in those trees. Breach the botanical gardens. We need to go deeper. Breach the Leviathan reef base. Stakeholder meeting, breach the Relith Science HQ. Water under the bridge. Breach the bridge of the Leviathan Reef Base. Ionised. Breach the nuclear power plant. And war. War never changes. Breach the armoured warfare facility. Then we have. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Breach the bunker. And for those of you that don't get that one guys. That is a lost reference. Then we have carry on my wayward son Um, that is the description and the trophy is called the new reality Um, that's the final uh, trophy guys that's when you complete the games all those ones I've just told you are story related um, and you will unlock each of those as you go through the game then we have a cerebral feast harvest your ripe first juicy head so basically kill and eat your first uh, person flesh of prey Nourish yourself. Um, This one, actually, guys, is the eat the person. The other one is eat a person's brain. Uh, One monster, one jar. Gain access to one containment unit. Jarring experience. Gain access to three containment units. Jean-Michael jar. Gain access to six containment units. And then we have jarred Stults. Gain access to all nine containment uh, units. So these guys, you can do this after the game if you wish. Um, It's a good idea to have everywhere unlocked and then just go around and find these units. Um, You know, you don't need to uh, get them as you do the game. You can finish the game first. Then we have the derelict. Relive the first flashback sequence. And then we have the perfect organism. Relive the second flashback sequence. And then we have Get to the Chopper, which was a really bad Arnie impression then. I do apologise. Relive the final flashback sequence. So, like any good amorphous killing machine, you will have memories. Um, And the memories are of you being experimented on, pretty much. Um, So, I guess that's why you're so pissed off. But, you know, all in all, guys, that is the trophy list for that game. It's very simple. Uh, the game itself is quite good fun to play. I've, I've enjoyed what I've played of it so far. I must admit, I've not finished it completely yet, but I will do one day. Um, but, yeah, there you go, guys. Nice, simple one this week. That is it from me, and I will talk to you next week. Keep getting those trophies. Bye.
1: All right. Thank you, Sid. And for everybody's favorite soundbite...
3: Time to check my social media, yeah.
1: Jeff, you start smiling.
4: <laughs> you, you, I mean, at a certain point, you just have to laugh at the depravity.
1: <laughs> uh, i uh trying to bring up the questions because it was... Uh,
2: well, while you're doing okay. that, I will start with David Brace
1: Well, that's, that's actually the one I was looking for, so hit here's with that one.
2: Okay, I got it. Okay, so he was listening to last week's episode, and it got him thinking. What superheroes deserve a game?
3: We need Rick a good Superman game. Where it needs to be open world, you need to have all your powers there needs to be... I'm not well up on all the Superman enemies, but there needs to be some big enemies for you to fight in there, but you also need to be protecting the city. Or, if you want, you can just go bad and kill everyone and destroy all the buildings. Uh, that's thats what I want in a superhero game.
2: I like that. I was thinking
3: Superman
1: myself. <laughs> Jeff, Hong Kong foodie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes! I would... So buy that <laughs> number one super guy. My, my question to you, Yoda, is when was the last time we thought about Hong Kong Fui, though?
2: Every so often, I'll be at work and the song will go through my head. <laughs> I kid you not. Drive bouncing around the factory, and all of a sudden, number one Hong Kong Fui goes bouncing through my head. It's, it's, it's great. I would so buy a Hong Kong Fui. That's it, that wins. Good night. All right, so. I, I- <laughs>
1: So, Yield, I'll take it. You, that's your answer to, as well.
2: No, uh, I was actually I. Had, that's just brilliant, guess. Um, I Honestly, I'd probably say Wolverine, but we're getting a Wolverine game, so.
1: Uh, I I want to and and
2: and I'm I'm sure another one will pop into my head after we're like long done, but. Uh,
1: I also want to say uh, I'd like a Superman game as well, but uh, I remember the conversations started when they, uh, Rocksteady said they weren't doing another Batman game and we started speculating what they, kind of game they would make and then a lot of people suggested they make a Superman game, but then how could you put Superman in the same kind of gameplay as Arkham Asylum or the Arkham games because you really... No. It, it wouldn't translate well.
2: Well, no, no, no. It would be its own fighting style.
1: So, my you know, because... The question is unless every street dog is going to run around with some kind of kryptonite gloves on, you really can't make a Superman game because you're only going to have certain enemies, uh, supervillains, that can take down Superman. So I don't know how you would make a Superman game, but I would love a Superman game. Uh, going back to the question, uh, he also says in his, uh, says, he says he wants a blade. Or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I think Blade is due for a game, and uh, Turtles needs an update, local co-op matchmaking, great great AI in the style of style of Arkham Asylum. Um, did well. Wasn't Shredder's Revenge basically a new Turtles game, or was that a remake?
2: No, that was. I think that was a new game. But he was saying like in the style of Arkham Asylum.
1: Okay. Uh, Matt G says in the chat, I have a really good idea for a Superman game, but he hasn't copyrighted it yet. So I guess he's not going to tell us what it is. Smart man. Uh, from the chat, uh, since Alex couldn't be here this week, he says a new X-Men Legends game that features the X-Force team, Cable, Cannibal, Domino, Warpath, and Shadowstar. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, going back to the thread, uh, Rick says, "I'm just going to ask myself a question." Everyone else, of course, favorite Halloween-themed movie or movie to watch around Halloween. We'll start with you, Jeff. Um, that's Christmas.
4: Uh, I know, but if you if you go to retail establishments, we skip Halloween and Thanksgiving. So uh,
2: yeah, and we're already rolling into. Christmas.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, Rick. uh wh- What was your answer, sir? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Yield. uh Ghostbusters. Ooh, good one. Okay, I thought you were gonna come out with more. All
2: right. So- no, 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 no. Just uh, Ghostbusters. Because I'm <laughs> yeah, not. That into- like I'm, the start
1: of the list. list. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it did I was waiting for it, the next it's... one. <laughs>
2: It's it's sad. I'm not into the horror flicks, so but Ghostbusters, absolutely Halloween flick.
1: Yeah. All right, well Homer says Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, The Great Pump. Oh, I
2: forgot Beetlejuice. Okay. The Great
1: Pumpkin, uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Garfield Halloween special, just to name a few. Uh, let's see if there's any other answers. Uh, Dupe says I like the classics. A good Universal monster movie, Hammer horror, Halloween, or Friday the Thirteenth. Um, okay, and then the next question is coming from Homer, straight to Rick, uh, says, since the NFL has been playing games in, uh, games over in London for the last several years, are British people really that into American football, or do you have, or do you all see a large influx of American tourism whenever a game is showing?
3: Um, right, well, I live up north in a little... Town slash village, really. Uh, I've been to London about three times in my life, so I can't I can't comment on uh, whether we get an influx of American tourists down there. I'd imagine they probably, i imagine probably. I don't know. It seems a long way to go just to watch a, a football game, because um, it's not like they have they, they don't have special ones over here, do they? It's just general season games, isn't it?
1: Right. It's just, yeah. They just yeah. take a random team and throw them over there for that particular week.
3: Yeah. So I I I'm not sure how into it the British public are. I know I'm, I'm not really into it, but like I say, I was in the pub earlier today and I, I, and like the, the proper fall had been on, um, or soccer, if you want to call it that. And then <laughs> when that had finished, I noticed the American football's on TV. And I was like, well, I've never seen this before coming on TV in the pub, but like there, there, there wasn't suddenly a load of people that came to the pub to watch it or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you really.
1: I mean, okay. Is there uh? Uh, aren't there London teams out there? Don't you guys have like a London football league?
3: I've no idea. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, uh, it's well, it's not a sport to... I'm interested in. It's like asking me if we've got a London Tiddlywinks league. I don't know.
1: All right. uh you, you're about to say something.
2: I was going to say, there used to be an NFL Europe, but there isn't anymore. So this is just the NFL trying to bro- to more globalize the league. They've tried they've tried games in Mexico, but that unfortunately they're gonna keep trying, but that didn't work out very good because the field was in poor shape. They're they're trying to do that. I think they wanna do a game in Germany. And I forget where else I heard that they want to do a game.
3: All right. It's just it's like the WWE going over to Dubai and things like that, isn't it? It's just making it into a more global run, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, so the next question has come from Dupes, and I want Jeff to answer last only because of the fact that uh, when it gets to Jeff answering, I kind of have, I want to twist the question a little bit uh, based, you know, that he has game developer experience. Uh, So the question from Dupes says, uh, he hasn't listened for a few weeks, so he was going to try to pop in uh, as he's in the chat right now. He says, was having a discussion with a friend midweek do any of you feel the length of games slash difficulty of games is decreasing alarmingly quickly to the point where you're left feeling like the game didn't represent the value? Does it matter how does it matter to you how long a game lasts, or does it depend on the genre, quality of story, or gameplay? Ooh, that's a good question. So, okay, you'll we'll start with you then. Uh, so, okay, so to, so to answer his first question. Okay, I was go ahead, say sorry. let's let's break this down. Uh, his his yes. first question is saying. Uh, do you feel like the length of games/slash difficulty of games is decreasing alarmingly quickly to the point where you're left feeling like the game didn't represent value?
2: Uh, the first part of the question, yes, I, I, I have felt recently that uh, the, and, and I'm just putting games in as a whole, not separating in genres yet, just gaming as as a whole. Yes, I do feel that it has gotten easy. And that that the lengths of the games have gotten shorter. As for does it feel like it it's lessening my value? Uh, that's kind of on a game by game basis on whether or not I really feel like I got my sixty or in some cases seventy dollar value out of it.
1: All right. So now let's go to the next part of the question. Does it okay. does it matter to you how long the game lasts? Or does it depend on the genre, quality of story, or the gameplay?
2: Okay. So, uh, yes to all of that. Um, does it matter how long a game lasts? Um, it does. And, and it really does depend on the genre, the story, or the gameplay. I mean, I've played some really short games. Um, one that comes right to my head was The Last Campfire. wasn't an overly long game, but it was really good. You know, you, you, you felt when you walked away from that game that, you know, wow, I, I got my money's worth out of it, you know, because the story was really good. So it, and in genres, it really, I mean, if you played a JRPG, not, not that I am, but I know some people who do, if you played a JRPG that was anything less than probably, and I'm probably way under, uh, 80 hours, probably anything under 100 hours, you'd feel like you were getting screwed. So it, 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 all of that is really, in my opinion, is really gigantic moving puzzle pieces because where you would say yes to one set of categories, you could move one piece out and put a different one in and say no to that same question if that makes any sense at all.
1: It makes sense to me. Okay. All right, so Rick, we'll go to you. First part of the question. Uh, do you feel like the length of games slash difficulty of games is decreasing alarmingly enough to the point where you're left feeling like you didn't get enough value
3: well the is no but as for the difficulty i can can, the games are a lot more accessible nowadays aren't they so if you want to play on easy mode you can play through the game and just enjoy the story so i'm just talking like triple a story games at the minute you can just play through the game and have your fun, and that's it. So on on that basis, yeah, they, they are a lot easier. But you can put it up to hard mode if you want, and make it. You can make it as easy or as difficult as you want to, can't you? Apart from things like your um, Soulsborne games, where they're just out to be hard. And as for the length, I don't know. There's still plenty of long games coming out. I think. It, I, I mean, we'll move on to the second point of the question. That's. Does it matter right, well, how the long the second... game lasts?
1: The, yeah, the second part is does it matter how long the game lasts or does it depend on the genre quality of story slash gameplay?
3: Yeah, it absolutely depends on the game, the, the genres like it's something like Slay the Spire, which I've been playing a lot of. You can do a run on that in one of the trophies is to do a run in twenty minutes. But I've played that game for a hundred hours. So I'm I'm you know, I'm definitely getting my money's worth. Well, it was free on PS Plus, so I'm definitely getting my money's worth out of it. But, like, they're just taking it one run. It's like You can do it in 20 minutes. But then the other stuff like The Last of Us 2 and that, that's like a good 20, 25-hour-long story, isn't it? Right. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, that's... I mean, fair enough. It's like five years ago now that came out. But that's a massive game. Uh, so there's, there's still massive games out there. I don't, but something like Red Dead Redemption 2, that scares me off. I don't want to play something that long. It's far too much. I'd, I'd, for, for a JRPG, I'd do it. You know, I'd... I'd nothing of thinking like 80 to 100 hours in one of those but for a a story-driven like a third-person game i I don't want to spend that long in that game at all like 20 hours that's enough for me all
1: right so now jeff i'm going to twist a question uh for you because you come from a game developer background um when you guys are developing games how much does it really matter like Uh, Let me rephrase. Do you really take into account that, hey, we have to make this game at least 10 to 20 hours, and we have to add these sort of difficulties to it to extend or reduce the amount of gameplay?
4: AAA level, absolutely yes. And that's why AAA will end up eating itself. Okay. There, There are expectations. There aren't necessarily hard hour numbers, but when you sit down with a team of 200 people to make a Saints Row game, you're not making a 15-hour experience. It's just not. There's The budget doesn't account for that. And the budgets of these things have outstripped movies. They did that almost 10 years ago. I don't know the exact numbers. I can tell you Saints Row 3, development, and Saints Row 3 is 10 years old now. Development and marketing crossed combined crossed 120 million uh, Saints Row current I'm sure is 10 years beyond that um, I, I just while you were asking the question I hit steam and I was looking at some of the games I've played would you call would you call Kerbal Space Program a AAA title
3: I've
1: never played it so I can't answer to that
3: yeah I, I wouldn't okay. I don't think I've, never, I've not played it but I, I've, I've right. never thought of it as a AAA game
4: right I have 460 hours in Kerbal Space Program, and I haven't played it in two years. If you look at the time I have in... I have, I have 40 hours in Cult of the Lamb, which is in a small indie title. There are many AAA titles I play that I drop out after about hour two or three because I've seen the whole game loop, and the story isn't that compelling. And so the quality of the game... To me, and if you look at the numbers of sales, especially on Steam, of indie games versus other games, the quality of the game is more important than some arbitrary length of the game.
1: All right, so let me go back to the original question now. Do you feel like the, the game or the difficulty of the games is decreasingly long enough to the point where you're left feeling like you
4: didn't get value? For the games that I am picking and playing, no. Okay, uh, and I also do oftentimes on games I will go down to easy mode because I don't necessarily have the time as a single father of two and a person with a career to you know play a modern Doom on hardcore level and then just get frustrated because I die all the time. Um, I don't. I, I I don't think couching accessibility and tailoring gaming experiences to people of different levels. I don't think we're doing that any service or giving it the credit it's due by couching it in terms of uh, calling it a difficulty level. It's it's it, 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 it's a dismiss it's an it's a term we've used for decades and it's a dismissive term. But why shouldn't we be able to tailor these experiences to people of different skills, people with different time that they can afford to their hobby because it is very off-putting to want to be a gamer and you know that you only have a couple hours a night and there are people that have 400 hours in Skyrim I mean that a lot of people are going to bounce right off of it at that point because they like I don't have the time to invest in that you know I want I want a shorter experience that I can really understand in a smaller amount of time
1: all right, so, I mean, you basically just answered the second part. It says, does it matter how long a game lasts, or does it depend on the genre, quality, story, or gameplay? Right. So you basically just answered that. It's, you know, I, 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 to my answer to those questions is, do I feel like I'm not getting value? It, it's, it's a game-by-game basis. I mean, I as I said on last week's show, I put over 1,200 hours into the Division 2. So mm-hmm. I've gotten my money's worth out of that game. And it's still, you know, ongoing. So, it really depends on the game. I mean, some games... Like, The argument can be made, like, The Last of Us Part 1. My favorite game of all time. Was it worth $70 to play that game again through? To me, it is. To somebody like Yield? No, he's going to wait until it hits the bargain bin. Or it comes up free on Plus One Day. So, it, it really depends on the game. Um... And does it matter how long the game lasts? No. I mean, I, I feel like if if the person that made the game feels like they've put what they wanted in the game, then I can't really judge and say, okay, well you should have added more side missions or you should have added this into the game. You know, right. this is you know, this is what the developer or the you know the team, this is the game they wanted to put out, this is the experience. I don't. I don't feel right. Say turn around, saying, "Well, no, Jeff, you should have added fifty more side missions in the Last Saints Row to extend the process."
4: But, but if I put out a thirty-hour Saints Row and Ubisoft try, for some reason I make a Saints Row-like game for Ubisoft, let's call it I don't know Watchdogs, <laughs> uh, and I charge you seventy dollars for it, there's a disconnect there. And I just look because we mentioned Stardew Valley earlier in the show. I have 260 hours in Stardew Valley and that's a $15 title. And so that absolutely speaks to the quality of the experience more than the, I'm aiming for a certain number of hours Um, because nobody in their right mind would ever set out to make a 260 hour game, especially not a AAA publisher because you're never going to get done. Um, It's, it's the, it it is always 100% of the quality. And it's interesting this is coming up because even ten years ago, it was always like you have to make a forty-hour game. You got to make a forty-hour game. If you don't make a forty-hour game, then what are you doing? Like everyone expects to get forty-hour hours out of a forty-dollar title, and I think that led to a lot of a lot of issues that the gaming industry is still recovering from. Because, and I also think it came down to the gaming industry for the longest time had imposter syndrome against other media companies, like movies tend to be two hours long plus or minus 10 to 20 minutes generally there are outliers on both sides but but there's there's like a rule and a pop song is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to three minutes long and so i think the gaming industry which was always seen as like it's like the baby of the media industry it's the young one they were trying to find their place in the world they're like well we should figure out what an optimal content number is and because all these other ones sort of have rules and i don't think it works i think a much better model for the gaming industry is a novel who cares if a novel's 120 pages or 330 pages you're reading it for the story that's within the two covers you're not reading it because it's the same thickness on your shelf as every other book on your shelf um and it doesn't. A lot of times, it doesn't matter. You'll buy a hundred and twenty-page novel. Not that we buy dead tree novels anymore. Or you'll buy a three hundred-page novel. And on the bookstore shelf, they're both nine ninety-nine, right? Because the pricing model is differentiated from the content that the price represents.
1: Okay. All right. So before we go into our last question, uh, if anybody's in the Twitch chat has a question uh, before we move on, put it in the chat uh, so we can get asked. The last question comes from Matt G. Uh, it says matching Rick's Halloween-based question: What is your favorite monster design from a movie or a game? Rick, we'll start with Xenomorph. you, sir.
3: No question. The Xenomorph out of Alien. No question.
1: All right. Yield. I don't really know if I
2: got a favorite monster design. I mean, I guess I'll say Godzilla. I was always a fan of
4: Godzilla.
1: All right, Jeff.
4: Uh, I'm going to go very recent and actually tie into uh, Sid's section earlier. I thought the character design in in uh, Carrion was outstanding. The way it grew and shrank, depending on how many people you had eaten and all the different powers you could get, very, very good design.
1: All right. And um, Matt G says, William Birkin from Resident Evil 2. Don't know that reference, so I because I don't play the
3: Resident Evil games. That's the dude with the, the giant eye coming out of his shoulder. Uh
1: and my favorite, and uh, you know, I, I know people are gonna say, of course, I'm gonna say this, but the super bloater from uh, the Last of Us Two. I think it was three bloaters put in together, and as you killed it, you know, blo- bloaters came out of it, and uh, stalkers came out of it. To add dang to it, I thought that was really done, well done. All right, so we don't have any questions from the chat. So at this time, we are going to go to our uh, topic of the week. Um, I got to get back to it. Here we go. So there's a conversation going on right now, and this is coming from Kotaku and written by e- Ethan Gatch. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole article, just basically a, a short part of it. Uh, It says, everyone's making a new PlayStation Vita but Sony. Uh, Because, as we know, uh, Microsoft just announced a deal with uh, Logitech to come out with their own version of uh, having Xbox on the go. We have the Steam Deck. We have the Switch, which is a home console slash uh, portable console. And, you know, on the show, we talked many, many, many times about uh, how the Vita was a good thing. But Sony didn't support it, so Rick, I'll start with you. Um, one, do you think that uh, Sony should be coming out with a Vita? Two, just for you know a placeholder name, or you know should just Sony just like say, okay, we we can't tap into this market anymore. We have to move on.
3: Uh, yeah, I think they should just leave it. To be honest. I don't think the the Vita didn't sell that great, did it? And I don't think if they released one now, everyone talks about how they'd like one. I don't think people would buy it. I think you're better off making like they were doing a a controller to put your phone in and then you can play on your um, streaming service or whatever on an app on your phone using a controller. But I mean, that's the way forward to my mind.
1: All right. Yield.
2: So, um, I'm going to say no, only because Sony has proven that they don't support their peripher- or their handhelds very well. I mean, you had the PSP, you had the PSP Go, you have the Vita, and it, it, start out, it starts out really well, and then either they don't curb developers to it, or developers just don't do anything for it. I mean, I, I say the biggest problem for the Vita was how they basically just turned it into a glorified PlayStation 4 controller is, is what is what they did because everybody wanted to play the Vita exclusive games. They wanted to play them on the console. So Sony moved them over to where you could play those exclusives on the console and then everybody wanted to play their console games on the Vita and so they allowed it to do that. And then there was really, in my opinion, there was really nothing exclusive to for you to play that. And that's where I felt Nintendo did a really good thing with the 3DS, was they had a plethora of games. Granted, they may have been Mario games, and they may have been Pokemon games, but you couldn't get them on the console. They, they were handheld exclusive, and that's what it was. I mean... Yeah, I think now you might be able to get it on the virtual console for the Switch, but the Switch is basically two and one. So I just, I, I wish Sony would have supported the Vita more. I, I really do, but I really, if, if, they, if they were to do it again, it would just be a glorified five controller because you wouldn't have exclusives. You would eventually end up being able to do both on
4: everything.
1: All right, Jeff.
4: It's an invalid argument because the comparison is only on form factor. You're not taking into account the fact that the Vita represented Sony maintaining two parallel platforms that were not interchangeable and nothing else that you listed fits that anymore. Nintendo does not make a set-top box. The Switch is not a portable Wii U and there's still a Wii U at home. The Switch is its own platform. The Steam Deck is not an alien mobile architecture that people have to then write specific games for. The brilliance of the Steam Deck is it's a PC, so therefore the library exists from the beginning of gaming till now and will only grow without people having to specifically target the Steam Deck. And Microsoft has said before that they will never make an Xbox portable, and they meant that in terms of there was the PlayStation and the Vita. They were never gonna do something along the lines of the Vita, and they have it. That Logitech device is not a portable Xbox. It's a portable streaming device. If you don't have a Wi-Fi connection and an xCloud subscription, you're not using it. So it's just another delivery mechanism for stock standard Xbox games. It's It's not a different architecture, it's not a different approval process, it's not different games. The Vita represents different games, and that's that's why Sony won't do it again, because it's too much of a pain in the ass to support multiple architectures with different exclusives and different developers like that. Everyone right now either develops for, well, if they do it right, they develop for the Switch, the PlayStation, the Steam Deck, a home PC, and Xbox all at the same time and there's no specific mobile architecture in any of that.
1: So let me ask you this. If, if Sony did come out with the Vita 2, and it basically allowed you to do what you know PlayStation Plus on the PC does,
4: mm-hmm.
1: do you think that would be successful?
4: I'm curious to see how successful this Logitech thing is going to be, because it isn't a traveler device. Uh, I am not paying $25 a flight on my when I'm flying to Seattle to get crappy in-flight Wi-Fi so I can try to stream Xbox games because that's going to be a frustrating experience. Uh, at least with the Steam Deck, I can not that I own one, I can load the games on ahead of time. With the Switch, I can load them on ahead of time or have a handful of cartridges with me or even multiple micro SD cards with a lot of games loaded onto them. Uh, I don't know that a streaming-only device is going to succeed.
1: Okay. Well said. Yeah, I see. I, I,
4: I love my Vita. I wish they would have supported it. I. L- l- it was a nice platform, but developers didn't want to have to devote time and money to a mobile platform that didn't represent the same percentage of installed users as the home PlayStation.
1: Okay. Now, again, as uh, you know, with your developer background, one thing that I've always said, and you know, I've gotten you know a little bit pushback. I mean, some people agree with me, some people don't. But we we have conversations on the show like all the time, like saying they're releasing the PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Five version of the game. And I've always said when they do that, the five version suffers because you always have to develop for the lowest common denominator. In this case, it would be the PS Four. So, with that in mind, could is one of the reasons why the Vita failed? And just in your opinion, not any fact, is because if they wanted to put the uh, you know a, a PlayStation Four version and a Vita version out, you really had to develop for the Vita version rather than develop for the PlayStation Four version. It,
4: it, yes and no. It, that's the difference between the PlayStation Four and the Vita. Are so stark that you would probably—it's ha- it, almost like the old days where you would have somebody doing a port of the game. They're going to be two totally different products. Okay. That just happened to—it's going to it's gonna be different source code, uh, and it's going to be different art assets, and they're going to—they're going to represent the same idea of a game at the end of the day, but they're not the same. Uh, I'm going to challenge your idea that the if you do a PS4 and a PS5 version, the PS5 version is going to suffer because now that, that most games use Unreal or some other engine that is set up to target both platforms, you can write the code for the PS5, you can do all of the high-res assets for the PS5, and then to get the PS4 version running, it's just a recompile on the PS4, and probably just a down-resing of the art. If anyone's making the art for the PS4 and then just reusing that art on the PS5, then yes, the PS5 is going to suffer, but I wouldn't, I couldn't name a game developer that wouldn't do the high-res art, and then there are so many tools available down-res that art to be appropriate for the PS4 that it's going to be an appropriate experience on both platforms.
1: Well, okay, now I'm going to come back to you where... You know, with Cyberpunk 2077, a lot of people couldn't play it on the next-gen versions, uh, next-gen consoles that they could only play it on the Xbox One X or the PlayStation 4 where it wasn't crashing and, you know, having a whole bunch of uh, graphical glitches and all that stuff. And the argument was saying that it's because they tried to develop for both all four consoles at the same time.
4: And they, at the time that that came out, they were still dealing with uh, probably alpha and beta development kits for the next gen consoles for the majority of the game, and probably only got real retail equivalent development kits near the end. Games that games that cross the generational boundary at the time, it's a bit of a different duck at that point. Um, but there's also so many other things that you can dive into about the troubled development of Cyberpunk. That targeting different platforms is not necessarily the base of all the problems that came out.
1: Okay. I I I mean that was just one of the things that was said that you know that they they screwed up by trying to make next gen. They write
4: their own engine, and so they don't have the team of engineers at say Epic, so they don't have an engine that already they had. They did have to write the engine for old next gen and last gen. And there could, there definitely would be problems there if they couldn't devote enough resources to it.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yield or Rick, do you have any questions for Jeff before we close out the show? Uh, no.
4: No.
2: Nope.
1: All right. So at this time, we're going to close out the show. Uh, we're going to do a little housekeeping. Uh, just go. Be sure to check out the Patreon. I just uh, added another tier for just for one dollar. You can hear the bonus shows. Me and Daryl have set up uh, where I'm gonna be on his Patreon content. He's gonna be on our Patreon content. Uh, the age I am. Oh, sorry. Do <laughs> me off for a second, Jeff. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start putting out some more Patreon content for just one dollar. You could join the Patreon. Uh, Rick is reminded me uh, to push the merchandise. We have merchandise. We have shirts. Uh, Rick is wearing our South Park T-shirt. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, uh, I think that shirt came out really, really well. Uh, shout out to Jared, who actually made that design. That design is one of the coolest things Jared ever made. It's on our Facebook page. Uh, go check that out. You can get a shirt with that. You get a trophy horse, uh, mug, t shirt, everything else that yield. I'm still trying to get hats, but I can't get the Flex Fit hats yet. So I'll let you know when that comes out. Oh, hey, when it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it does. All right. So go check that out. Check out the Patreon. Go check out all the socials. Um, I am in the process right now of hiring a social media manager to help us push all the socials and the Discord and all that stuff. Because I'm trying to get the Discord up and running. So please go check all the stuff out. Uh, If you don't know, know, we we do the show live every week on Twitch. uh, And then I just take the show as is and I post it over the YouTube uh one suggestion i think actually came from you rick was uh cut out the first 15 minutes of the video on youtube because yeah, it's, it's just, just like it's a straight point
3: minutes <laughs> yeah
1: so we'll uh i'm gonna start working on that trying to edit the videos out get that going uh before we actually go into our shout outs i jeff thank you very much for coming on the show it is Anytime. it is always a pleasure to have you on the show and I think I said it on the last show there's sometimes you say things that just confuse the hell out of me but I enjoy it cuz it's like it's like could, it's like he's the fourth chair. It, it's controlled chaos. Like I it's so like in it's so interesting to sit here and listen to you that sometimes I don't even want to talk. I just want to let you ramble on for 2 hours.
4: If you're confused about the dominance of Xbox, I can
1: help you with that. No. <laughs> there's no dominance in Xbox. Uh-huh. Um, but with that being said, let's move on to our shout-outs. Rick, uh, your shout-out, sir.
3: Uh, shout-out to Yielding Tricky for having me on. Thank you very much. Shame Alex can't be here tonight. But, uh, yeah. And a uh, shout-out to Jeff. It's been great to record with Jeff. I've been looking forward to this. Nice and meeting you. It's nice to have um, got to have a chat with Jeff before Daryl, just to rub it in his face <laughs> a bit.
1: <laughs> Daryl's <laughs> been, been trying to get me, and, uh, Jeff, and him on the show for – Course, of two years now.
3: (laughs) Uh, Shout out to everyone in chat and everyone in the Facebook group and all that. Uh, Yeah, I have some good conversations with people. That's it.
1: It, It's funny because Daryl's in the chat right now and he hasn't responded to that yet. Yield, your your shout out, sir.
2: Uh, Shout out to Rick for being on the show. Shout out, as always, for Jeff bringing on, bringing his expertise and his point of view. Uh, Always like it when he, I guess, sets us straight in a sense where, where we've got our opinion based on where we're at and Jeff can go, well, I see this is where you're at, but this is where you should be. And I I appreciate that because we all, we can only give our opinion from where we stand and he's actually been there and can guide us a little bit better of where your thought process should go. So I always appreciate that. Um, Shout out to David Bray for the question uh shout out to dupes for his question and everybody else that dumped their question in there shout out to everybody else matt g and uh everybody hanging out in the twitch chat uh, shout out to tricky for recording tonight as well uh hope alex enjoyed his week off and uh shout out to my wife who has a birthday tomorrow so shout out to her
4: Happy
1: birthday! all right jeff your shout out sir
4: Uh, I'm going to start by giving a big shout out to Volition, Uh, whether you like it or not, everyone needs to know making a game, especially a game the size of Saints Row, is a struggle and it is always done with the most amount of love that every developer has for the gamers. Shipping a title is a miracle. And it's a miracle that the industry pulls off on a regular basis. So we don't seem to think of it like that anymore. Volition did an amazing job uh, getting, that, getting Saints Row out the door. Um, I still have so many friends there and I'm very, very proud of them. I'm going to shout out to NVIDIA. They took a chance on me and it has been an amazing nine months. And I, they're pushing me harder than I've ever been pushed in my career. And I'm loving every minute of it. And then finally, Cedar Fair Parks, because my family and my friend had the best time at Kings Island yesterday. Uh, Kings Island opened in 72, so it's 50 years old this year. And I think the first time I went was probably in 77 or 78. And so I've got a ton of memories at that park. And being able to share that park with my friend and my kids is just a joy. And the Halloween thing is just over-the-top outstanding.
1: All right, and I want to give a shout-out to Sweet Mama D., uh, shout out to the goddess. Shout out to Jeff, like I said. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Wanna give a shout out to one of your daughters who uh, microwaved something halfway through the show a couple times. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> I I know you were trying to hide it as <laughs> a look, but uh <laughs> I'm
4: trying to hide the ice machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the microwave I know it's not the microwave's gonna
1: pick it up anyways. Yeah, she was hungry
4: and I didn't make dinners. So. No, no, it's fine. It just <laughs> You probably saw her walking her out of the background. Well, I
1: was gonna too. say you got the, you got your background blurred out, but yeah, I, I saw where the door opened and I saw her a pair of legs walk by a couple times. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to whatever daughter that was. I don't know which one because I couldn't see. It was Laura. Um, but making an appearance on Trophy Yours, uh, you could let her know that you know she's uh, now f- world famous for being on a PlayStation podcast. Uh,
2: sh- well, that just made her life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> She's,
2: she's, she's going to put down her college application, made it on episode
4: of Trophy Horse. It's too soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> General advice.
4: No, no. I, like, right before the show, I was filling out the financial aid form for my other daughter because this time next year, she'll be in college, and it's too soon, man. It's too soon. Yeah. I, it's way too
1: soon. My, my daughter, who's uh, turning 14 at the end of this month, uh, and I just you know celebrated my birthday a couple days ago. Uh she looked at me today she goes, "How do you feel knowing that you have a 14 year old daughter?" I went, "I feel old." Cuz I it, it seems like only yesterday I was holding her in my arms as a baby. So. Uh she's she's now a freshman in high school, so We
4: have a senior and a freshman.
1: It's tough. Yeah, it's uh Uh but shout out to all the listeners, thank you very much. Shout out to uh, Daryl shout out to Matt G shout out to Rick for coming on the show. Uh, shout out to, uh, everybody that's been in there, black chaos. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you guys being involved in the Twitch page really helps, uh, with the conversation with the show. It keeps, you know, I, 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 I think i've been working their conversation their, their comments into the chat into the show uh work and it's always good to have you know instant feedback when we're doing it so we love doing a show on twitch uh but if there's nothing else until next week happy trophy hunting Bye. Bye.